You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Hello and welcome to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Justin here along with the cousins Derek and Tyler. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Husker CuzCast for all podcast updates and more. Guys, fall camp has started. It started yesterday, Monday, July 31st. Uh, We had a great fan day on Sunday. Uh, Some interesting things have come out, I have thought. Uh, But... Before we get into that, we got to talk about the news that hit the team last week, and that is tight end coach uh, Bob Wager. He was cited for DWI, blew a .15, can't do that. He resigned. Now we have a new uh, tight end coach, Josh Martin, came from being an analyst on the staff. Now he's the full-time tight ends coach. He has Power 5 experience. Four years at SMU as tight ends coach, and he had another year at Arizona State where he was an on-field coach. Uh, Tyler, what are your thoughts on uh, Bob Wager and the whole tight end coaching mess? Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, obviously, when he came here, you you kind of thought that this was an opportunity for uh, Rule to catch lightning twice in a bottle. Uh, he's obviously had success plucking guys from high school ranks in Texas. And turning them into stars, you were really excited what he could bring on the recruiting trail. Um, and, you know, he was kind of managing a position that was kind of low risk at tight end. Uh, so a lot of excitement when he was hired. Uh, obviously, this changed the score and, you know, he won't be here anymore. Um, I you know I don't know how big a loss this is for the team. Um, I, I guess I just kind of stand by that standpoint. I was very excited about him when he came here. I was excited about the potential he brought. I think we did this coaching ranking, and he was kind of in my middle of the pack uh, guy. And, you know, it sucks to lose him, uh, especially so close to the beginning of the season. Uh, Derek, your thoughts? My thoughts are I think this is probably one of the most expensive DUIs ever. It's up there. That was a hell of a, that was a, hell of a pay cut to go along with the fees and fines that come along with the DUI. I, I don't know. It's, it, it was a shitty timing. I mean, that, there's no doubt about that. Uh, but it sounds like the guy taking over is more qualified than he was. So I kind of have mixed emotions about it. You hate seeing it happen. But I, I also have to wonder if this was a bigger name coach if he if he has to resign over it i don't know well so it's 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 odd well and again not to get so much into rumors and speculation but it certainly didn't take five minutes from after he was fired or resigned uh for the rumors starting this band that he wasn't recruiting very well that there he wasn't you know that i think uh some media members claimed he never stepped foot in ainsworth what media uh, members? I, I I don't want to call Spigs. I don't remember. If, I don't know which one of the two it was. The Husker uh, Online folks. It, it was one of the Husker Online <laughs> folks claimed it, uh, which would be uh, uh, Sean Callahan or Steve Sipple. But I don't remember which one, so I don't want to misquote. But no, I mean, I so I mean, there there was a lot of speculation. He didn't really get off the ground in Texas the way that we wanted to. There wasn't lightning in the bottle. So Derek, I think there's something to be said. You know. 
I'm not going to name any coaches because that's not fair. But if this was a coach that had been a little bit more established with rule and maybe kind of hitting it out of the park, is a DUI a fireable offense? I don't know. We've seen coaches survive it for sure. Uh, Keith Williams comes to mind. So, I don't know. Hey, absolutely. I, it, it, like I said, the timing of it's bad. The resigning was a little odd. So you wonder if he was kind of ran out of here a little bit too. I, I, again, it's all speculation. I don't know. Uh, you'd like to at least think he'd have one season to see what he could do with the talented tight end room that we do have. But I think Josh Martin will knock it out of the park. And luckily they claim tight ends is the easiest position group to coach so i'm just uh happy i'm hearing you say that it's a talented tight end group derek because i think that's the first time that i've heard you say that when have i ever denied the talent oh i, I thought you, when we were talking about better same worse it was worse than last year and then yeah it is because we've had no experience okay it was never a talent issue i even admitted then that it was it was probably worse with a lot of potential to be a lot better okay Never, never said it wasn't a talented room. Okay, all right. So, uh, what, what uh, Tyler? What are your thoughts on Josh Martin, though? I mean, he he comes with some pedigree. I mean, he's coached Pac twelve football. He coached at SMU. SMU. Uh, so, he, I mean, he definitely brings sub to your to your point earlier. I mean, if you talk about Division one college football coaching experience. I mean, he jumps to the top of the food chain as most experienced in the bunch. Uh, There's only a handful of guys that have more uh, on-the-field coaching experience than him uh, in D1 anyway. And so, yeah, I mean, it's a – on paper, it seems like it'll be a good fit. Uh, So, yeah, I'm I'm excited in that regard. Did I misspeak earlier? Did I say uh, five years power five? Did I say that? Because it was four years at SMU and when you're at ASU. Yeah, I, I did. I miss speak two years. I don't know if you said Power know. Five or Division One, but okay. he has five I years. T- in I, te- I, I tend to ignore most of what you say. Yeah, that's so. fair. Well, yeah, he's, he's got, but again, I mean, <laughs> I mean this. I mean, outside of Tony White and Evan Cooper and Satterfield, he is now the fourth coach with Power Five on the field coaching experience. Well, according to Rule, he's put two guys in the NFL. So, a plus. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, he 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 definitely seems like quality. And you know, when you look at that, what could have been, I mean, it's very possible we wouldn't have got someone at that caliber. Uh, So, don't know a lot about him uh, except his resume does have some credibility to it. So as we fast forward into this week, where practice started. There was a lot of speculation over the weekend about some like uh, rumors on some people not part of the team. And uh, some of those answers or questions were answered on Monday when uh, Matt Rule. So let's talk about some of these roster updates that we know of. Uh, Brody Tagaloa, the defensive lineman, he was in a car accident in California. He's not going to be, he's going to be out all year. Jacob Hood, uh, the offensive lineman, he's going to be out with an ankle injury. And uh, Josh Fleeks, the wide receiver from that uh, Matt Rule uh, was bringing in from Baylor, where he, uh, he coached him at Baylor. 
That dude was sent home for being overweight, which is my... I mean, it's kind of funny. I, I, I don't know how that happens. I don't know how I, overweight I you have to be. I don't know if I've ever... I don't know if I've ever heard of a player being sent home for being overweight. I mean, we've had players come in and get oh, be overweight before. I mean, but they it's, run it's them. happened. They run them. That's I, usually yeah, the answer. They usually, it's it's strange to me. I don't know. That you sent him home. I, I don't know. The the whole sending them home. I, I is that guy coming back? You think? No, at all? I, I don't. I wouldn't think so. That's got to be embarrassing. I didn't have high hopes for him to play a lot anyway, but. Hey, if he's back in Waco, if I see him, I'll ask him. <laughs> I mean, but but it is. Ask, ask him how many ding dongs he ate. <laughs> what? I, I I'm not asking. I'm not asking a grown man how many ding dongs you ate. <laughs> but but it, you know, you, you talk about him, and you know we're four scholarships over still heading into fall ball. Well, there could be one right there. Yeah. Uh, let's, uh, move forward to the most interesting roster update. And this is where a lot of rumors were began this past weekend that miles farmer is not part of the team. His locker was cleared out. Matt rule, uh, con- confirmed that he's been suspended. He's not part of the team right now. The ball is in his court. So maybe that changes down the road. Uh, he's suspended not for anything illegal from what we know or not doing you know, breaking the law. Maybe it's just team rules. Whatever, whatever it is, Matt Rule says it's in his court. So this is this is huge. So, uh, Derek, what is the impact on the defensive back room if Miles Farmer is not uh, starting this fall or in the picture well, this fall? It, it takes a lot of experience out of that room. I mean, he started eleven games last year. Uh, came in for Deontay Williams several times. Every time he was suspended, he got a start. I, I mean, it, it takes away a lot of experience out of this, for, away from that safety. Uh, it's, it's, I, I think there's plenty of safeties that can play, but I, most of them don't have the experience that he has. So I, the impact is not overwhelming, but there's definitely some impact there. Tyler, do you agree? Yeah, I think that's a really fair assessment. I mean... So is Nebraska a better team without Miles Farber? And the answer is no. We are not a better team. He will be missed. Um, I've seen people try to brush it off saying, oh, he wasn't even that good anyway, and I think that's not fair. Um, no, okay. While you say that, Tyler, I'll also say this. Do you think we are a worse team without him? Yeah. So I think there's – it's not so simple as black or white, but to – Kind of go that term. Yes, I think we are a worse team without him. Now, see, I I, I don't think we're necessarily worse without what, him. What what does that mean? But we're definitely not better without him. Well, so what does that mean? If we're at eighty ranking, are we now a seventy nine point nine? Like, is it even a? Would it even be noticeable at any of the season results? But here's where it gets a little bit interesting because we already we know Buford's out for a chunk of the season. Um, don't know how long he'll be out for sure, but. At Big Ten Media Days, uh, rule confirmed he'll miss the start of the season. Um, so now we're out with our two, of, both of our starting safeties, who are supposed to return. A room that was extremely deep about a, three weeks ago, all of a sudden gets a little bit thin. You know, one I don't want to name names, but like one injury and another safety that you think could play, 
Now all of a sudden that position of strength is not. So, and I think he was probably as good of a defender as we had. Like if you're ranking Nebraska's top 10 players on this roster, isn't Miles Farmer in that top 10? I mean, definitely top 12 to 15. I mean, he is a he is not just a no, another starter. He is one of our better starters. So yes, I do think we are marginally worse without him. And I think I think you bring it up. It's it's not just Miles Farmer being out, you know, suspended himself. It's coupling that with the other starting safety, Marquez Buford, being injured, which makes that whole safety position kind of scary. Because if you're starting all two new guys, we just did a better, same, worse episode. Uh, two weeks ago with the defensive backs. And at the time, we all thought that this defensive backs room was going to be better, I believe, right? Yeah. And last year, yeah. because we're returning all of this experience. And now that we find out that Buford, you know, he may be out for a little while uh, to be to start the year, and Miles Farmer, I mean, there's some, we have some bodies out there, but we don't have a lot of experience there at the safety position. So, I would say we are worse off with Miles Farmer not in there just because of the Marquez Buford uh, injury. It, and well, again, what what also made it really scary was there was also rumors of Quentin Newsom not being a part of the team too. Now I know that's pretty much been nixed. We know he was at Fan Day. He's seems like he's practicing. Can, everything's fine. But when you started talking about losing three guys, I was like, oh, my God, this is really bad. Can, can I ask a question or can I throw out a critique and not to derail this, but can the local media do something right? Like, I understand that they probably don't say, hey, message board rumors talked about Quentin Newsom being off the team. Like, I get you don't want to word that question that way, but couldn't they have said, how's Quentin Newsom doing so far? Like, just just throw it out there to make the coaches address him. Yeah. What one would think, yes. I mean with the rumor flying around, you would think they'd go, Hey. Something. What's go what's going on? Yeah. Because I I mean I listened to Matt all of Matt Rule's press conference and I, and I think I caught all of Tony White's today, and I did not hear Quint Newsom's name mentioned one time. I would think it was because he was cited at Fan Day. They saw him I, I at understand. Fan Day. And so But there there was again, multiple again. People throw shit out. We don't know where it comes from. But it that was a rumor that got a, a good amount of momentum over the weekend. It wasn't like a one-stop spot. And was there is there a suspension that we don't know about? Is there was he suspended at one point during the summer? It, it just it seems like a missed opportunity to not even like throw a softball out and say, hey, talk about he's one of your few seniors on this roster. How about address him? He's arguably your best defender, at yeah. least in the top three. Let's ask some sort of question about Quentin Newsom. We need to work on getting your press credentials there, Tyler, so you can go down <sighs> and ask all these questions. That's what we need. Yeah. So, Instead, we're busy asking about chili and cinnamon rolls. Oh, yeah. We got we to gotta make, gotta make sure they like that. <laughs> Jeez, leave Dustin Shooty alone, man. Hey, <laughs> uh, one other thing that Matt Rule talked about uh, – was in regards of Marcus Washington. And he had a cast. He was sided with the cast on fan day. The cast is about to come off, and he should be eased into practice next week. I hope that heals, because uh, when I heard that he was in a cast on fan day, I was like, oh, no. We 
again, we talked about better, same, worse at the wide receiver group. Uh, we're all over the board. We're at uh, different ends of the spectrum and in the middle on that group. But losing Marcus Washington for a significant amount of time, especially with uh, Minnesota and Colorado as your first two games, that would be very unfortunate. What are your guys' thoughts on Marcus Washington and uh, that scare? Derek? Well, I mean... Oh, yeah, I don't care. I mean, I'll go because we already know where Tyler, Tyler stands that it doesn't matter with Marcus Washington or not. We already suck there anyway. <laughs> so... Look, losing Marcus Washington would be a detriment. Like it would, it would be bad. Like I would be much more, much more concerned about losing him than probably Miles Farmer. Because, uh, because I mean, he's at least your number two wide receiver, right? And to and to lose him would, would be huge. Like that, that would be a big deal. I, that, that would scare me. That, that would start making me feel a lot worse about the uh, the wide receivers. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, Derek, I mean kind of paraphrase what I was going to say, but no, I, I mean, I, I, I already have a lot of fear around this wide receiver room. You can't lose one of your best guys in that room. Um, it, it did make me wonder though, heading into the fall, like, I mean, if I, I don't know where he ranks and who I think are the best Huskers on this team. I would definitely think, I think miles farmer is a better football player, but as far as indispensable, like, Washington is higher up than Miles Farmer is. I mean, like he is, because after that it gets it gets scary. That depth gets really, really scary. Without well, at that at that point, Malachi Coleman has to work out, right? Yeah, and, and Xavier Betts. I mean, you're sitting there saying, okay, well, Xavier Betts has to be somewhat what we expected coming out of high school, and Coleman has to come in day one and be something. Yeah. Like, it, it, and Billy Kemp has to be everything. I mean, it just, you basically are in a position where now everything you were hoping for has to click to put out a serviceable group so, without him. So here are your scholarship wide receivers, sophomore through senior Xavier Betts, IGC, Marcus Washington, Josh Fleeks, Billy Kemp. That's five guys. Josh Fleeks is uh, sitting at Denny's in Waco right now. Uh, so you got four guys between sophomore and senior. So, do they do they serve ding dongs at Denny's? <laughs> First of all, I thought he'd be at Waffle House. I mean, what there's kind of no place Waffle is House it? here. It pisses me off. I love Waffle House. <laughs> got to go to Denny's. Well, but but okay. So we have four scholarship wide receivers from sophomore to senior. The rest, the rest. There's a lot of dudes there. Uh, seven dudes on scholarship that are freshmen, incoming freshmen. Yep. Yeah, and and again, at least two of those guys, you have some. There's no, no redshirt freshman in there. No, Bob Bonner would have been, but he is no longer a wide receiver. But yeah, I don't know. It it, it would be scary. I mean, the whole reason why I was scared about it would be magnified. I mean, threefold without Washington. Yeah, because then you would be stuck with three dudes on scholarship at wide receiver from sophomore to senior. So. Uh, yeah, but we're, but but we're just real quick. We're in a position. I mean, we're going to talk more in depth about Nebraska. But right now, how many of those fr- freshmen are going to play this year? Uh, three, two to three, three. Yeah, I mean, right? Yeah. This this is not a red shirt year. I mean, for se- I mean, all those guys, they're, they're guys playing this year for sure. We need them. 
I think we'll need them. Uh, okay, uh, so that covers all the roster updates. One of the things that uh, they are doing in spring or not spring camp, fall camp this year, and this is this is ingenious actually. Practice is split into two groups. They're splitting it uh, two different sessions. They have the older players and the younger players uh, into two different sessions, so everybody's getting uh, a lot of reps. And uh, I mean, Tyler, what, what do you think about this concept of splitting practice into two groups? Yeah. Is that I mean, expected? So, well, I mean, so with Frost, you know, there was always that they had this big roster and they were trying to rotate guys through and give everyone reps and, you know, try to go really quickly. I think the concept of really splitting it in half and getting quality reps is probably, I don't know, I, I like the shifting direction. I think where it gets really interesting, as we talked about with wide receivers, is, okay, so if all the freshmen are playing with that second team well when do they start getting reps with sims because we just talked about it we know they're gonna have to play and we don't have all the details about where it is but it sounded from rule that it's at this point pretty much freshmen with a few upper classmen down and then you have all the more experienced guys kind of doing the secondary reps so i don't it'll be interesting to see how long they hold that or do they start pulling guys in because we, we expect some of these freshmen to play on both sides of the ball. So it will be interesting to see how that plays out. Derek, what were your thoughts when you heard of this concept? I mean, it sounds great. I mean, I, look, the more reps, the better. I, I, there's no doubt about that. I, but, but, yeah, Tyler brings up some good points. I guess I didn't really thought of it that way. But you'd definitely like to see some wide receivers getting some reps with Jeff Sims and Henrik Harburg at least. If they're if they're if they're actually going to play have playing time, I mean, not that I see Henrik Harbin getting a lot of playing time, but at least get him in the first two groups. So that's an excellent segue, Derek, because uh, it was because of these two groups where it was basically announced that Chubba Purdy he was leading that the team of younger people, so that would make you believe that he's the uh, third string quarterback today. Uh, Henrik Harburg well, was Matt, there Matt with Rule Jeff, straight up yeah, said it. He was there with Jeff. Matt Rule said that said I mean he straight out came out and said that Joe Purdy's leading the third yep. group. And uh Henrik Harburg was alongside Jeff Sims with that first group. So uh is that surprising to you, Derek? Yeah. I mean, did anybody watch the spring game? <laughs> like I, I'm not trying to hammer on Harburg, but he completed one pass for negative one yards. I mean, I obviously the coaches are seeing something, and you can't judge them off the one spring game. But man, I not that I had a ton of faith in Chubba Purdy either. As a matter of fact, I hammered on this on the Better Same Worse uh, episode, and I thought we were in trouble if anything happens to Sims. But I, all I can say is I really hope we can come up with some fairly big wins to get Henrik Harburg some actual playing time. Before we, before we have to need him. Uh, Tyler, your thoughts? I mean, yeah, I, I mean, Chubba Purdy didn't play well last year, but he, to me, clearly looked better in the spring game. Chubba Purdy was a better recruit coming out of high school. There, there's been, you know, they're, they're the same age. There, there's no evidence that's like why Harburg is a clear above him. 
Now, we're not there day in, day out. Uh, obviously, the coaches like what Harburg's bringing, and you know, I'm all the power to that, and I think that's fantastic, and I hope he works out. I just, I, you know, obviously no way of knowing, but it just, I still have it in my head. Sims goes down, we're going to see Chubba Purdy. I, I just think maybe we see Harburg for a minute, but I I think Chubba Purdy, don't, don't look to transfer, buddy, because... I, I think that you're you're not far away from seeing the field. Uh, I don't I don't know that I agree with that, but I will say this: I don't know if it matters who's in there. If Jeff Sims goes down, I think we're in a lot of trouble. That's a fair point. It's uh, there's there's not a lot of reason to be optimistic at that point from what we've seen, right? We're not seeing no, practice. I mean, we're absolutely. not seeing practice, but we've seen some game with J- uh, Chuba. We've seen a spring game with Harburg. And nothing was, uh, I don't know. Is is this the most frightening that you have been? Not leave Jeff Sims alone, but to the backup quarterback position. Can you think of a year that you were more nervous? Uh, I, I could say maybe last year, but even last year, you kind of had this hope that Chubba Purdy was actually pretty decent. And you still had Logan, and yeah, but you, you still had, had Logan, yeah. Maybe. So I was thinking of Bunch when Andrew Bunch was our our backup quarterback. Remember when that before Adrian the, Adrian Martinez before the did, NCAA let Vedral, yep, have his waiver. Yep. When I think the NCAA is going to do the same thing with Eric Gilbert. Well, yeah, I, I think we're going to get three games in a season, and then they're they'll give him his waiver. Oh, I think it's going to be sooner than that, but but yeah, I, that's I, about I, when they gave it to Vedral. Yeah, but we're like, a few I years see him doing. It. I, I I really do. I see him doing it. It's. But, sorry, Justin, I didn't cut you off, but backup quarterback situation. I mean, you look at the last decade. I mean, how many situations have you felt this uneasy about? So, I think, was it, uh, what was it? It was Adrian Martinez, was it his junior year? And, uh, was his junior year that Logan Smothers, because, you know, or maybe it was his senior year after we'd... God dang, yeah. I, I forget. But it was a because se- junior year is Luke McCaffrey. Yeah, yeah. There you go. And you and you felt good about Luke McCaffrey. I mean, we were wrong, but we you were felt wrong. At least good, but yeah. you felt really good about Luke McCaffrey. I mean, just you you wanted him to start. Yeah. You were like, then we saw a little bit more of him in action. It was like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that was that was troubling there. But uh, yeah, this is this is pretty dire. This is pretty up there for like. Uh, uh, you know, just being afraid and, you know, for what the outcome could be, I guess. Because you're right. I mean, one injury away, I mean, it, it, this could really derail the so, so you have, you absolutely have to hope that that offensive line is taking a big step forward and they can actually protect Jeff Sims. Because if he goes down, I, yeah, it, it's, it's a scary thought. Well, I yeah. hope he doesn't. I hope we, but it's not like Nebraska's had a, good full season of a quarterback lately. I mean, well, I mean, you have to go back to Tanner Lee, I think, was the only quarterback to play all 12 games. Tommy Armstrong, I think, did one of his seasons. But, I mean, you go back to last 11. I thought his sophomore year he played all. But one of his years, I thought he got all 12 in. But um, but the point is, I mean, you look at the last 12 years, there there has not been more than two years that we've had 
a quarterback make it all, I mean, every game. Uh, Taylor Martinez did his junior year. I, again, I think Tommy Armstrong did his sophomore year, and then Tanner Lee. I mean, that's kind of the list. And it, if you're running a quarterback, like we presume, I mean, buckle up, boys. I mean, there there's a chance, at least a game in there, we're going to see one of these two guys. Well, I hope they're eased into that position, you know, with uh, big leads instead of being uh, thrown into the fire, I guess. Uh one thing that came out today, which I thought was kind of interesting, is MJ Sherman, and he was uh, being asked a bunch of questions and talking about the edge rushers, and uh, he actually gave some names. You know, I think privately we've had talked about who's our edge rushers, and he said it today. Uh, himself, Chief Borders, Jamari Butler, and Maverick Noonan, those are the guys that are be coming off the edge a, a little bit more than... Uh, uh, the other linebackers uh, talk about the difference between Jack and Will. Uh, so n- I guess it's not really big surprises there, but Tyler, what were your thoughts on here and that? It gives a little bit more clarity to what we're to expect in this linebacker room. I mean, the, the names kind of fit where you thought they would. Um, I think the question really was is, okay, how is this three, three, five going to look? Um, I think we all presumed there was going to be some sort of edge rushing there. Uh, so to, to kind of get names and a little bit more clarity is obviously interesting to see. Uh, but I don't think there was any overall shocks to that. Right. Derek? Yeah. I, I, with edge rushes right now, I'm just so wait and see because we were so high on what we thought we was going to have last year. And it's just... I, I hope I hope these guys are better edge rushers than what what we've had in the past. But right now, it's it's all coach speak and, and player speak. I, I don't know. One thing I w- thought was funny is uh, Sipple asked uh, MJ Sherman, "It's like how good can this defense be?" And uh, MJ Sherman, he didn't matter. He just said very good. He didn't build it up too much, and he just very good. That is not the Tyler answer of top twenty five defense. That's what Tyler Schaefer was. 40 said. plus sacks. 40 plus sacks. Top 25 not, defense. Well, I am not saying anymore we're going to have 40 sacks. That was last year because we had a great package I had drawn up. If the coaches had run it more, we might have. I think it was called the NASCAR package. Drink! Uh, <laughs> but no, I, I, you know, I still think we have a very good defense. I, I'm. I don't know if I'm going to say top 25. I need to get a little bit more into it. But I do. I think I think our linebackers, if I'm just looking at the Big Ten, I think our linebackers, the secondary, our back eight, are a top five bunch in the Big Ten. And if you say it's a top five bunch, like that translates to a top 25 at minimum in the country, if not top 15 to 20. And I don't think our defensive line's bad. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, again, I'm not quite top 25, top 30, I'd probably say, yeah. Okay. But, but I don't see 40 sacks. I, I don't think anything crazy this year. <laughs> That's good. Right, right now, I would just like to see, like, if we could just get back to even, like, I think it was 2018, 2019, I think I looked, we had 27 sacks. 
Like, if we can just even get back to that, I'd probably be happy right now. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be fantastic. Uh, I want to keep it on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, we were having this discussion a little bit earlier. Uh, Terrence Knighton, uh, defensive line coach, he's, he talked about he, want, he was going to play a lot of guys. They're going to get a lot of guys ready to play. They're going to play a lot of guys. What is play a lot of guys to you, Tyler? Um, so it, it, what I would say is a lot of guys is if you have more than you're at least three deep. You're playing, in this case, if we're running a 3-3-5, three, three, you're playing somewhere in the eight-guy range over 10% of the snap. So if we're only 70, 70 snaps, it's going to be eight guys, seven snaps or more. Okay. Uh, that that would be what I would classify as kind of a lot of rotation. What is too little? I mean, what what is, you know, what, at what point would you say they're not playing enough guys then? If you're not having two full units, like if, if you're sitting there and you're playing any of your defensive tackles, you're sitting there playing five guys, if, if that's kind of the number, that that's not there. Six and seven is okay, and then, again, eight is where you start getting it, what I'd consider a lot. But you're counting a guy with 10% of the snaps as a contributor on that defensive line? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, if, you, if you're, you're five snaps or less, you're just you're just getting out there to give a water break. I mean, that would, that, that, I mean, that would be generally how I would assess it. Derek, what about you? What does play a lot of guys to you? Well, I just, I just want to clarify. So... Five snaps, maybe. So they need about eight snaps. Yeah, about eight. I mean, yeah, I'd say seven, eight snaps a game kind of gets you right, in that. Okay, realm. that three snaps is what makes a big difference. I mean, you have to cut it. The line <laughs> has to be somewhere, right? I mean, I, that's I, fair. I mean, All right, I was, I was giving. I won't hammer you no more. That's well, because fair. we were talking about this point. beforehand. Justin was saying double digit snaps, and we were looking at a couple guys last year. They had nine snaps. I'm like, so you're not. So that's a fair assessment, but there has to be a cutoff somewhere. Okay. That's fair. I, I'll leave you. I'll, I'll let that be. Uh, to me, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm with Tyler a little bit there. I don't. I don't know if it needs to be eight, but you definitely need at least six or seven guys out there. Yeah, and with meaningful I, snaps, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, like, I can't, I can't. We can't have Ty Robinson out there for seventy snaps. I just can't happen. Yeah. So I, I'm. I think. If it's under double digit, I don't know if that's like uh, saying you're playing a lot of guys, uh, like getting a meaningful snaps. I don't at this point, but if you're playing eight guys and you're getting eight or nine snaps sure. per, I mean, I mean, th- then yeah, sure. Because when what's, yeah, if you're, if you're only playing six, if you're only playing six guys and. And two or three of those guys are only getting nine snaps, and yeah, it's probably not meaningful right. snaps. Well, especially you know the, the more the more bodies there, are, there's only so many snaps per game, right? And so, the more bodies, it's less snaps for everybody. So yeah, if, if you get to eight, I guess I can see Tyler's point there. Uh, trying to, I'm trying, but do, but do you guys do you think we will? So do you do you believe him? Because we've heard this before. We've heard I, Tony Tioti said, said this. Yeah. It, this isn't this isn't something new. This is every defensive lineman wants to play a lot of guys. Yep, they want to get rotation. They want to get in there. But but I think last year we generally I think we did play a lot of guys. I I would say last year again. It, last year was kind of this weird year where we saw 
guys like Caleb Tanner, Garrett Nelson kind of being in this hybrid position where they, you know, go back and listen. We we couldn't get it straight. Were they linebackers? Were they not? The media couldn't when they give us snap counts. It kind of was over the place. So it was a little bit different. But generally, I think we did rotate a guys last year. So, um, so I'm going to give you nine names of guys that I can see potential playing uh, snaps. And that's going to start with uh, the uh, the older players down to the younger players. So Nash, Ty Robinson, Raquan Buckley, Blaze Gunnerson, Elijah Judy, Kai Wallen, A.J. Rollins. Then I'm going to throw Cameron Lenhart and uh, Prince Will into there. That's nine names, right? Which guys do you not expect to see big uh, contributors? That's tough. I, man, I, I, I want to say Blaze, but at the same time, like he was at talking to the media today. They're talking about what health he is. He, I mean, he looked good. Like, that guy is looking healthy right now, but. He he struggled in the past, and he's but he struggled with injuries. So I don't know how much of it's injuries and just how much of it's him not being where they wanted him to be. I guess. But I uh, and I left Lucan off Riley Buckley Van Poppel really too. Done anything? But there seems to be a lot of talk about him right now. I I, I expect a lot out of Elijah Judy, Nash Hutmacher, and and Ty Robinson, the two young guys. I expect to play a good portion uh, in Len Hart and um, Prince Will. Prince Will. Wallen? Wallen, I I could go either way with Wallen. Like, I could see him kind of being a contributor and maybe taking a year to settle in. I Yeah, I would say Buckley, Wallen, and Rollins. Those are the three guys that Roll, I like. Rollins is a good one. Yeah, I don't know if I see Rollins getting a lot of playing time. But I, but I think one or two. I, so, so that's where. So I think the guys that are going to play are Judy, Nash, Robinson, the two freshmen, and Judy. I think those six guys are. They're going to get their snaps, and I and I think it'll be one to two more. And I don't know who the guy who's the odd man out. I really I don't even know if I would it, put a wager. Let me, let me let me ask you guys this, and I, and I, I probably know your answers on this, but if. Just in your scenario here, Justin, where you have nine guys who can play, and let's say Elijah Judy and Ruquan Buckley and uh, Blaze Gunnerson are all very healthy, is there a chance maybe we play Princewell in four games and Lenhart in four games and then redshirt both of them? I, anything's possible, right? We, we don't know. But I would... I don't think either two of those guys will redshirt. If you want to, if I, gun to my head. I mean, I, I'm leaning. Like, I'm leaning that way too. I don't necessarily think they will either. I just wonder, being as young as they are, in a position that doesn't see a lot of freshmen play, if it would be a maybe a smart idea to let them play their four games in redshirt. So, the only way I see that, Derek, is if they are clearly getting mop up duty. They're coming in at the end of games. They're getting some snaps just for experience. If they're in the position of being contributors, like when this four-year freshman thing kind of came out, 
I, there was a moment I was like, well, maybe you could get cute like that and just play a guy if you need him. The way Transfer Portal is anymore, like, I'm sorry. I don't give a fuck about red shirts anymore. Like, it, it, it's nice to get, but I'm not trying to protect a red shirt anymore. That's fair, too. Like, if, if, if they're in that conversation, and I think we all think they will be, like then I think they, they're ready to play this year. And if they're not, then maybe they do go down to that four game and they just get backup duties or an injury help. Um, but, yeah. Do we have a Colton Feast on the team, a, a walk-on that could step in and take a lot of snaps? Is there a guy that exists on this roster today that could be that? I'm going to say no because Colton Feast was a guy that we heard about. For years. For a long time yeah. before before he actually started playing. And there's nobody on the roster that's a walk-on right now. You're just hearing that that kind of praise from. I mean, so I'm going to lean towards no right now. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't I don't see a name out there that's uh, sticking out to me as a guy that could be a, contri- a regular contributor either. Uh. Can I bounce one more thing that came out the last two days? Not a lot of interesting things to come out, but talking uh, offensive line. Tyler, you love to talk offensive line. We've been uh, kind of talking about potential uh, starting positions. And Turner Corcoran, when he was speaking to the media yesterday, they were asking him what he's playing, and he says he'll play wherever they need him. Where, wherever they need him, he'll play. And he's kind of kept batting that around. Finally, somebody asked him, was like, where did you play today? He said, tackle. Does that surprise you? Yes. Does it? Okay. Why? Because, I mean, I expected the the tackles to be Ben Hart and Prasca, and that's who I thought would start, and I thought Corcoran would start. Um, but, I mean, shit, maybe it is Noelle and Piper. Maybe those are the other two guards, and they're trying to – Corcoran's going to be the odd man out, and he's just literally bouncing around because – He's going to play wherever an injury occurs, but I thought he was going to start. I think his pedigree proved it. He obviously started last year. Um, I So I had him pizzled in, and I thought, based off all the hype off Ben Hart coming out of the spring, and obviously, unless Prohaska's getting the short edge, but yeah, I, I, I expect him to play guard. Derek? Uh, it does surprise me, yes, but... It would also surprise me if he doesn't play. I, but but you look back and look at his PFF grades from last year, and he was really one of our worst offensive linemen, PFF grade wise. But wasn't he better at guard? Like, it's so tough to say because we only had two or three games with him at guard. Yeah, I mean, Prohaska went down and after and in the third game. And he, so he had to move over to tackle. I so really you got two and a half games at him out of him at guard. But I guess I generally think that he would probably be better suited for guard. So so Justin, we have six linemen uh, that we I think are in the conversation of starting. Then there might be another guy you want to throw in there, but we kind of hit them: Scott, Noelli, Piper, Corcoran, Prosca, Ben Hart. Who is not starting of that six right now? <laughs> So this contradicts what all the coaches are saying and uh, what other people are saying, but I would, I tend to think that Ben Hart is the odd man out. 
See, I'm the opposite. I, I'm leaning towards Corcoran's probably the odd man. Now. Really? Okay. Because he's playing at tackle. If he's playing, like, because I think Ben Hart and Prohaska are probably the tackles. And so if he's practicing at tackle, it makes me think that he's probably the odd man out. But I could be wrong. Tanner, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, that I asked the question, and I don't know the answer, but I, I guess I would probably have gone uh, Piper. And I know he went to Big, Head, Big Ten Media Days, so that's kind of like he's not even going to start. But I think Noelle will get that spot, and I think Corcoran, I, I give him that edge at guard. Um, so, so if I had to say that's the game, I'd probably leave out. I wonder how long it'll be before I would, I would agree sure. with you, but when he comes out and says that he's practicing a tackle, it kind of makes you wonder. I, well, yeah, I mean, so, yeah, that that note makes you feel like, no, he... he I, I mean, it seems like... I Honestly, at this point, though, I would say I think Prohaska is more likely to be left out than Ben Hart. Really? Okay. I mean, he's... But I, I, I I'll also say this, I... Ever and the last staff did it too, and it, it's been happening for Corcoran since he's been here. But I wish they'd find a position for him and let him let him master that one position instead of moving him all over the place all the time. I agree with that. Um, I I I believe it is a disservice to linemen to do that. Now, if you get your culture up and running and your development's going well, then yeah, let's try to find the five best guys. But I think it's a disservice to bounce them around. But I do want to double-click on the Prochaska. You, you sounded shocked by that. Like, this guy has missed a lot of time because of injuries. And it's not just on the field. It's, I mean, what can he do in the weight room? What is he able to do to really get his body prepared to be a lineman? And you've got to wonder, you know, you got to wonder, at some point in time, does that really start impacting his growth? It was just a practice video, but he looked pretty well put together in the practice video that that they released yesterday yeah yeah i mean i again i I, we'll see i mean but where's his strength at i mean i don't know there is one more lineman that we're that nobody's talking about that i I think could be a factor by the end of the season is henry latovsky yeah he's the south guy yeah but i mean and just the fact that we're naming seven guys and we're like i kind of feel okay about them is this a I don't think we did this last year. No. Last year was like, okay, I think we got four. Who's going to be that fifth guy? <laughs> and, yeah, I think we're in a much better spot on that offensive line. So what we do know about Donnie Rayola is he loves to move guys around. So just because Corcoran was playing tackle yesterday, it doesn't mean that he's going to be sticking there even by you know the end of the week. He is going to move, uh, move, move them around. I can't remember. Uh, Donnie Rail, I think he's going to be speaking to the media in week three of practice. I thought that's what I saw. I'll have to double check that. But maybe we'll get some more clarification on uh, what he has uh, for a lineup there. But I'm sure the press is going to, the media, they're going to be asking the line questions when the offensive players are uh, up there uh, as they should. So they were trying to get it out of. Oh my God! Turner Corcoran yesterday trying to get some information out, and he wasn't given anything. But I think they they will continue to hammer that because that's what we're all interested in: this offensive line at this point. Uh, yeah. 
Anything else that has come out over the last couple of days that you guys want to touch on? No? I, I got one more. All right, go for it. Billy Kemp came out and said that he thinks Nebraska may have among the best offensive weapons in the country. And as much Kool-Aid as we drink on occasion, I don't think any of us are saying we have the best weapons in the country. But I just didn't say weapons. He you, said offense. Offensive weapons. He said offensive weapons, which I thought was kind of mean to the offensive linemen, but let's just leave that alone. Uh, so where do you we, where do you think we rank right now, heading into the, just the Big Ten? The Big Ten total offense? Just, just the special I, – I thought – I believe the quote was referring to, like, tight ends, running backs, wide receivers, like the weapons on the outside. I would say middle of the pack. Yeah. We're not better than middle of the pack. So is middle of the pack? I mean, I mean, like if you said do you six think to eight. We're, I mean, we're we're definitely not ahead of like an Ohio State. That's for sure. Nor Michigan, nor probably, probably a not. Penn State. Yeah, I, I think I'm aligned with you guys. I think as bad as I rough as I am on the wide receivers, I certainly think there are teams in the Big Ten that might be worse than us there. Um, you know, running backs, I think we're above average in the Big Ten. So you kind of put all that together. I, I'm probably aligned with you. I think we're probably in that middle of the road uh, thing. I, I do, as you start looking at the Big Ten, that's kind of where it gets interesting, though. Because, you know, I kind of tip my hand a little bit. Like, is there a, we're pretty good on the back half. We're about average at, I think we're about average in the specialty players. So it's really where do we rank in the trenches and where do we rank at quarterback that's going to kind of define the season? Right, yeah. And then, then there's one more thing. Matt Rule's taking a page out of Remember the Titans and moving everybody into the dorms. I like that. I really do like that. Does it not feel like Remember the sure. Titans, though? Like, yeah. I mean, it worked out well for them. I mean, I guess. Do, do you see Ty Robinson talk about that though? The bed. He was not. He, he did not look like he was loving it. Well, I don't think any of those uh, big guys are loving it. Sleeping in a twin bed. Not when they're talking about their feet hanging off their twin beds. So I don't like sleeping okay. in a twin bed. No. So let me ask you this: At the end of the day, does this make one bit of difference? I think in year one, it has the potential to make more difference than down the road. Because there's a lot of new bodies. There's a lot of new faces. The whole team, they're just trying to get used to each other. It's a whole new system, whole new coaching philosophy. They need to do something to gel quick. So I think that really uh, speeds up the process. Maybe in year four, it doesn't do anything at all. But I think in year one, I think it will make a difference. Especially the fact that they're getting to, you know, they're being forced to uh, room with somebody that they don't already know. You know, they're not rooming with their buddies. It's somebody else from that they're not comfortable with. So it, it, I think it adds to the team chemistry. That's my take. Tyler, you don't, do you agree at all? I, I mean, I think there's probably something to it. I think it's a definitely a tightens up the, uh, 
you know, the you can't really get in trouble, right? Uh, you're kind of stuck in what you can do, it, it kind of, uh, you know, house arrest or whatever it is. You're kind of really focused to dive into football. I my, So, yes, I think it can help. Um, I, I do worry a little bit, though, like it is a Band-Aid. Like if you have to go that tight to force team bonding and all this, like are you are you not going to get it cohesive? I mean, we all remember remember the Titans when they left. What happened? They started fighting again. So you got to integrate back into society eventually. They're going to stay in that dorm room all season. So, I so mean, I don't think there was any infighting within the team before this. I think it's just going to get them a little bit more familiar with each other. I got the roster right here. Not the roster. I got the the depth chart, the scholarship. I mean, look at all these new faces that are in that first column. That's a lot of new dudes that's being introduced to the team. Plus all the transfers. This team, they need to get to know each other. And uh, but they've this they this isn't like high school where or something. They they've been together in summer conditioning. You guys have been around each other. But I, I mean, you know, it's human nature. They stay in their little cliques, right? They're staying in their little cliques. Uh, I I don't I, this does not hurt one bit. This this so is the, good. The, the the I guess there's there's one maybe minor concern here is so they're being forced to like ask permission to even leave campus. Like they can't leave campus. They can't. And my, Matt Rule even said something about like I don't want to hear. I want to have to walk my dog. No nothing. Like you're not leaving campus without permission. Does that piss some guys off and? Maybe get him going to the transfer not portal. A, no, not at that age. At that age, no, nobody can. Not the freshmen. Some of the older guys maybe not like it so much because they've been off campus for a while. I, I, I can I see it upsetting some guys. I, I don't know enough to get him to transfer, but I, I can see it upsetting some guys. Um, are not the are all the coaches in the dorms? I know rule is. Yeah, all all of them are supposed to be. All the coaches, so who, and he gave uh, the coaches that are older than sixty well, I mean, the option. Ron Brown and somebody else. He gave them the option of uh, uh, staying there or not staying there, and he said he doesn't even know what they're doing. Which I don't know if I believe, but that seems like how do you not know that? But okay, so who's rooming with Ed? <laughs> I I don't know. There, there may. Be- there may be nobody because I know Tony White said he didn't have a roommate. He was supposed to room with Ed. It was like he's like, "Give me my own room, or I'm going back to Syracuse." <laughs> Ed's eating seven runs us today. I'm not going back into a room with him. <laughs> like that is more cabbage than a human should human being should digest. <laughs> I, I I again, and I do appreciate that he's having the coaches do it too. I. I on the serious thing, though, the having everyone well, there. I mean, it, to, it, to, be, to be fair, people, there's a few coaches like McGuire who barely got out of the dorms before going back. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is normal for him. Yeah. I mean, he's like, home sweet home. <laughs> yeah, he's got all this college stuff still. It's like, oh, yep. He's got his hot plate. Yep. <laughs> hot he's plate, waffle his, maker. He's got his hot plate and his blow-up uh, uh, palm blow tree. up what? What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> His blow up palm tree so that it looks like looks like he's on the beach. He wants to be back in Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but, I don't know. Would you room with Ed? Hell yeah. Which coach would you not want to room with? 
Hmm. I, I, I don't know if there's one I wouldn't room with. I mean, I... Terrence might be Probably my... McGuire, just because I would have nothing to talk to him about. I'd be like, here, play on your iPad. <laughs> no, but Terrence would be up there. With, like, I think he would probably be among the ones I'd most want to room with. I feel like he'd be a fun guy to talk to. The guy I'd want you to room with, Justin, is Donnie. Oh, man, Donnie? <laughs> Uh, he'd beat the shit out of you every night. <laughs> Damn it, Donnie. <laughs> call me Donnie one more time. Everybody else calls you Donnie. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, he'd probably be the one I wouldn't want to uh, room with. <laughs> I heard your podcast. You don't like me. <laughs> All right, well, let's get out on that note. <laughs> All right, special thanks to our producer, Connor Russell, for putting this audio together for us. Be sure to follow the Husker Cuscast on Twitter, at Husker Cuscast. Like us on Facebook. Look for episodes anywhere you get your podcasts. Hit that subscribe button, and don't forget to rate and review. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. As always, go Big Red. Go Big Red.